Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. A podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host Connie and I am so glad you're here. Today I'm going to be talking to you a little bit uh, further just about some past experiences of mine and how they have impacted me and changed my life. And I hope that through that I can give you some great encouragement and hope for your future and hope to overcome. So I wanted to talk with you today. I wanted to share with you that One of the biggest things for me has been this balancing act of accepting what has happened in the past and accepting it while giving myself compassion for the hurt and the suffering that I went through, but at the same time, accepting responsibility for the future that was in my hands. A lot of times when something happens, You see it a lot in the world today when something happens. It's very hard to go down inside of ourselves and accept the fact that, yes, something terrible happened, but now it's up to me what I do moving forward. And it's easy to fall into self-pity. You know, I didn't deserve this. Why would this have happened? I've done nothing but the right thing. This shouldn't have happened. You know, this isn't my fault. All of those things. Why should I have to deal with this? And then there's anger, just sheer, I'm angry, I didn't deserve this, and putting our foot down um, and refusing to move forward. And then there's just succumbing to what happened and really becoming an entitled victim. And the odd thing is, is I think that we move a healthy person. You know, it's funny, a healthy person, I'm going to jump off on a sidetrack here. A healthy person we think of as a person that's already accomplished whatever they need to get rid of in order to make them healthy. I respectfully disagree with that. I think a healthy person is the person that maybe isn't all the way through the journey, but sees that there's a journey to begin with, and they're doing one thing at a time to continue on to make those changes. So I think healthiness is more about the decision to be persistent in getting better versus already being better. So now back to what I was saying. We struggle, we go through these different things. Self-pity, anger, being a victim. Pretty impossible not to because in order to be healed, you have to learn what to let go of. You have to be able to learn how to identify unhealthy thought patterns and etc. But That was one of the hard things for me, was coming to terms with the fact that I could accept what happened. I could be sad about it. I could see why it made things hard for me. But then I was called to give myself grace. I was called to give myself 
love. It's called to give myself acceptance. And the type of acceptance I'm talking about is not, under any circumstances, acceptance that says, because this happened, I can do this bad behavior or commit this sin or I am this way permanently. Acceptance that I'm talking about says, yes, this happened. And I don't need to downplay it, and I don't need to upplay it. Acceptance is looking at the situation, I was abused, I was mistreated, I was abandoned, whatever it may be, I was raped. And it's looking at it, and it's looking at it in reality, it was terrible, it was painful, it affected me. But that's as far as it goes. It's not giving it more power than it deserves, and it's not taking away from the tragedy that it was. Acceptance that I'm talking about is accepting that it happened, accepting how painful it was, but then stopping at that point and then realizing that I still have the ability to work with the Holy Spirit to have it turn into something good. And so what we, what I want you to look at today, what I want you to understand is my journey started when I was 11 and I'm 37. And my healing journey from the point that I realized that I was misdiagnosed and I moved from identifying as a mentally ill person to realizing that there was something outside of that for me was at age 28. So not even nine years. And the the amount of work that God has done in my life in in a little less than nine years has been so incredible. I would go so far to say that he has above and beyond redeemed the years that the locusts have eaten. And if I never got another blessing from him to, from this point forward, if I never received another answered prayer, if I lost everything I had, what he has done in those nine years, because I, by his great grace, nothing to do with me, but through his power and his spirit, I decided to take his hand and let him do his work. What he has accomplished in me is so incredible. But I will also tell you, interestingly enough and ironically enough, these nine years of healing have been also more painful than the entire time that I was sick combined. And you would say, well, how then can you tell me, Connie, that it's been a redemptive time? Because, friend, the lengths to which God has gone to pull me out of the muck and the mire and the bondage of all those years, there aren't words to describe how deeply I have traveled into my relationship with Jesus. He has shown me so much about himself. And we think, we get this idea in our heads and our minds that healing is easy, that healing is quick and healing. No, healing is worse than being sick. It's worse in the sense of it's more painful to untwist all of the, all of the thorns that have wrapped around your body than it is to just stay there and stand there with them holding you down. If you stay there and you, 
you you let the thorns that of all of these terrible things the lies of satan the rejection of man the the pain of of your past and and emotional turmoil and your sinfulness and the faults of others if you picture it it's like a, a terrible thorn bush growing around you and the thorns are going into your flesh and it is easier to stand still and to be pierced with and held in place by this terrible thorn bush than it is to fight to be freed because when you fight to be freed when you fight for healing you have got to physically grab a hold of that thorn bush and all this is a, and although this is a picture it is very real healing is grabbing a hold of that thorn bush and it is with the power of the holy spirit not meaning painlessly but he gives you supernatural strength to grab a hold of it and to begin to wrestle with it and sometimes all you do is bloody your hands until the bones are sticking out sometimes all you do is slice your arms all up but eventually if you remain faithful to the Lord what happened to me in these nine years is I became so strong in the power of the Holy Spirit that I be began to grab these thorn bushes and pull them out and as I pulled them out I gained strength and I was able to pull more out until I could get my arms free and then I could wiggle my shoulders and then I could turn my torso that is the journey of healing and when I lost my identity as a mentally ill person I was very enraged. I remember that day when I was 28 years old. And I had a doctor that questioned my years and years and years long diagnosis of schizophrenia. And she wanted to make sure that I actually was metabolizing the medication that I was taking. I was on such high doses of it and I was having such terrible side effects. And so she had this genetic typing blood test done. And this was back in, in, yeah, I believe, I don't know, I'm bad at math, but when I was 28. And she sent it off to the Mayo Clinic. And it came back and it showed, incredibly enough, I don't metabolize medication. My body doesn't work that way. And so all of these years that I had been misdiagnosed, I had suffered under that misdiagnosis tremendously, but then I was taking all of these drugs. All of these drugs that were amplified in my body, they amplified my misery. And then all of a sudden, I lost all of it. And you may say, well, wouldn't that be the best thing of your life? Uh, down the road, but not at that moment, I will tell you, when you get so used to living a certain way, and, and that's how, how we can look at other people and say, I would never do that. I don't understand how they can do that. Thank God that you don't have to understand, but, you know, we could really all understand a lot better if we just softened ourselves. And we bowed down a little bit, got a little bit low, a little bit more in the mud with other people, because people, when they are identified and they are told for long enough that they're a loser, well, you're going to have a homemade loser on your hands. 
If you beat somebody enough as a little child and tell them they're stupid, don't be surprised when they grow up and they fit that to a T. If you tell a little boy that you wished he was a little girl, don't be surprised when he has identity issues. If you tell a new believer that they're only loved by God if they check the boxes and they come to church and they do this, that, and the other thing, don't be surprised when they fall away from the faith. People are tender, fragile beings, and we are greatly affected by what we are told that we are. And when we're told lies and we're weak, it's hard to find the strength on our own. So anytime that God extends a hand of great grace to a person, a miserable person, a wretched person such as myself that was living in not only perceived mental illness and insanity, but I was living in sin. Being mentally ill made me very selfish. Being mentally ill, even though it was an incorrect diagnosis, as I said in my It's Easier to Be Sick podcast, made it easy to not be a mom when I didn't want to be a mom. I would pull the I'm nuts card anytime there was responsibility and I didn't want to take care of something. I was a miserable person because when you're quote unquote mentally ill, Life is already hard and unfair, and you get to understand that, yeah, I maybe never will have friends, I maybe never will hold down a job, I'll never be able to support myself, but I can sure be a leech. I can sure be lazy. I can sure be this. I can sure be that. The reality is, is that when you're mentally ill, you are hard to be around. It's hard to be around someone that doesn't keep commitments, that can't stand to be held to anything, that can't handle any responsibility, that doesn't keep up with what they say they're going to do. It's, it was a, a whole cycle of miserableness. Not all of it was my fault, but all of it was my responsibility. Let me say that again. I didn't cause what happened to me. I didn't cause myself to get the autoimmune disorder. I didn't cause the doctors to misdiagnose me. I didn't cause people to reject me. But it all became my responsibility. And the reality is that life is hard. I know, right? I know that that hits me out of left field all the time. Life is hard and we have to accept what happens to us. But we don't have to accept it lying down. We don't have to accept it without hope. We don't have to accept it without a fight. But it is our responsibility. And whatever we do moving forward will dictate the level of productivity and abundance of our future. So when my diagnosis changed, that took everything that I had known away. And I was left with the reality that, uh, yeah, everything that happened didn't have to happen. 
But see, I want to stop there because that is that is what I thought. But as I have grown and matured in my walk and my faith with the Lord, you know what I've learned? I was a believer. I've been a believer since I was right before I was four years old. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that story some other time. Uh, but I've never doubted my salvation. And so even as early as that, as that seems, I, I've been a believer through all of this. And one thing that I have learned, and I didn't believe this at first, I have learned that if it happens to me, it was supposed to happen. One of the biggest things that helped me when I lost my son, Jeremiah, was I submitted my heart to the truth. And the truth was that we had armies of people praying for the healing of my son. And if he was supposed to be alive, he would be alive. The difficult thing is not to be sure, not to be assured, or not to know that God's plan had been fulfilled in my life. The hard thing was to accept that God's plan involved that level of pain. One thing I have learned is that, that if it happens in a believer's life, it was supposed to happen. And so, therefore, I can have assurance that all things, all things meaning everything, will work together for my good because I love the Lord God and I am called according to his purposes. So even though, and I didn't know it at the time, but looking back as 2020, even though my entire, essentially childhood, adolescence, young adult life, I'm almost 40 people if you round up, would be taken away by an incorrect diagnosis. Even in that, I can be absolutely sure that that was what was supposed to happen because it's what did happen. And the God I serve is not a God of accidents and mistakes, but he is also not a God that is trivial. He is not a God that that just gives all these silly fairy book lives that make sense. And No, he is a God that is inconceivable. He is a master of the tying together of the most incredible events, both painful and joyful. He is the supreme redeemer. The God I serve, the God that I know, I am so absolutely positive. He makes no mistakes. He is thoughtful. He is well-organized. He is tender and he is loving. And so if it happened, it was supposed to happen. It was in his will. And if it's in his will, there is no safer place to be. And as you can see, I am the woman that I was created to be from eternity past because my life went as it was supposed to go, as ordained by God. And so that should give you hope to see that no matter what you face, no matter what form of hell fire you walk through, 
if you are going through it, it is being allowed by God. And if it is being allowed by God, then he is fully able, and not just fully able like, oh, he might, but if you surrender, he will use it for your good and his glory at some point. And it's happening now, even if you don't see it. It isn't something where, oh, this is just uh, 20 years down the road. No, the Lord was using my life for his glory when I was 11, 12, 16, 17 years old and in the throes of turmoil. Because truth is not relative. Truth does not change by how you feel and what you want truth to be. That is why we have hope in God. We have hope in God because he is sure, he is steadfast, and he doesn't change. And so it doesn't matter what we feel. Our feelings never have to align with Scripture in order for us to take hold of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And the hope that we have in Christ Jesus says it doesn't matter what I go through. It matters who my God is. And if my God is the God of the Bible, then I have reason to hope. There is reason to claim redemption. And this is not the prosperity gospel. This is that God truly does redeem, and he redeems through the terrible pain, the terrible sorrow, the terrible sin, the terrible shame, the terrible trauma, the terrible grief. So friend, whatever you are facing, that you are called, and you know what God is calling you to surrender to him. You know what he is telling you is something that is from him and you just want to keep holding on and and saying how it's not fair and how you didn't deserve it and it's not right. Give it up. And give up the shame that you feel about having to give it up. Just lay it down and ask him to come and to help you and to hold you and he will. You matter to God. That is the message that I want you to hear. You matter to God. Your life has value because he says it has value. If you don't know Jesus, all of this is available to you. You have a father that loves you, a father that created you, and a father that knows you. Stop running from him. If you are listening to this show, you're not here by accident. You're here because the king of the universe is pursuing you. And if you are a believer and you are far from him, stop running. He's got your number and he doesn't want to let you go. He's not going to let you go. He doesn't need you to grovel. He just needs you to come. Be encouraged as you go on this journey. Learn what true acceptance is. Embrace that for yourself because it's a freeing concept. You don't have to understand why to have hope. You don't have to have the answers to the future to be assured. You don't have to explain 
your God fully and completely to know that he's real. I hope you'll come back next time. I'm so glad that you're here today. You can reach me on the web at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com on the contact me page if you have any questions about your faith or any prayer requests or on Facebook and Instagram at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. Do like, share, comment, and subscribe to this podcast and let me know if you have anyone that you would like to have as a guest on the show or any topics you'd like to hear and let your family and friends know. Guys, I love you and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye.